hey, Chris, so uh, your wedding's coming up. I'm going to be your best man. So I got to make a speech. I got a joke that I'm going to lead off with. You want to hear it? Yeah, it better be good, though. All right. And it's it's a good old marriage joke. So you're, you're going to love it. All right. So there's this old married couple. And they've been married for a long time. And each year for their anniversary, they go to the state fair. And there's a helicopter ride at the state fair, but it costs $50. And this couple, you know, they don't have that much money. So they get there. And each year, the husband says, oh, I want to go take this helicopter ride, honey. And she says, no, we can't afford it because it's $50. And $50 is $50. So they keep going every year. And finally, it gets their 50th wedding anniversary. And the husband says, honey, it all makes sense. 50 years, $50. This is the year we do the helicopter ride. Like, let's do it. And she's like, no, it's $50. And $50 is $50. Well, the helicopter pilot overhears him and says, Oh, well, I'll take you up under one stipulation. And that stipulation is you can't make a sound. You can't say anything. You can't do anything to where I hear it. And then I'll give it to you for free. But if you say anything, you'll have to pay for it. And so they agree. And so the pilot takes him up. And he's doing all sorts of flips and turns and all sorts of crazy stuff. And and believe it or not, they say nothing. They absolutely say nothing. So the pilot is flabbergasted. And when he's coming in to land, he says, wow, I can't believe you guys didn't say a word the entire time. And the husband says, well, I would have told you when my wife fell out. But hey, $50 is $50. I can't believe you said that. I really can't believe you just you told that joke. That was probably one of the worst old man jokes I heard. If you tell that joke at my wedding, I'll kill you. I'll make it look like a bloody accident. I swear, but we got a Donut Box podcast to do. With that being said, I'm Christopher. And I'm Micah, and I'm definitely telling that joke at your wedding. And this is the Donut Box podcast. Well, man, it's episode 30, and I can't believe we're at this wonderful milestone uh, I got to make some corrections from from a podcast ago. Um, I called my wonderful woman and my wonderful lady the lady, and boy did I hear about it. So, my lady, you're out there listening. You're my lady. Yes, I claim you're not the lady, and I love you very much. And just a little note in my life: we're actually engaged too. I actually got engaged before Chris. Not not like anybody is counting. We're both engaged, so. Life is going really well for us, and especially here on this podcast, we're on episode 30. What a great milestone, Chris. 30, and uh, life's going great, man. Yeah, that's great. I realized that I, instead of saying Chris, I said my name's Christopher. But anyways, uh, changing it up. Changing it up. 30 is, you know, the new new thing. But anyways, uh, we want to wish all you guys that are fathers happy Father's Day, you know, when we drop this episode, Father's Day will have been yesterday. So me and Mike are part of the No Dads Club. Uh, some of us by choice, some of us not by choice, but it's okay. It happens. Some by circumstance. Uh, it happens, you know. So if you don't have a dad, you know, tell that positive male role model in your life. Happy Father's Day. Also, I want to say a happy Juneteenth because uh, that was also yesterday. And if y'all don't know what Juneteenth is, June 19th. So Actually, uh, Texas was the last state to find out that the slaves had been freed from the Emancipation Proclamation, and it took them two years for the news to travel that uh, 
the slaves have been freed and that they can't do slavery anymore. And the they actually found out on June 19th, and that's when uh, the last uh, slaves were freed in the U.S. and in Texas. So happy Juneteenth. It actually just became a federal holiday. So uh, happy Juneteenth to all of you. And we're, we're so happy that we, we truly live in the land of the free and everybody is free. Because uh, you know that's that whole thing's not right, and so we're we're so glad that um, you know everything is getting better each and every day, and hopefully we continue to get better when it comes to those sort of things. So happy Juneteenth! Happy Juneteenth! So we have an old-fashioned donut, which if you're brand new, it is a story from our past. And I'm gonna let Micah take away this one. Oh man! So <laughs> our old-fashioned donut today, we're gonna be talking about. When we actually started our nice little production company, and we called it MC Productions. And if anybody can read between the lines, M and C stood for Micah and Chris. So there you go. If you figured that out beforehand, hats off to you. But we actually started off in some of our favorite videos that we did. And honestly, I feel like if we would have put this out today, it would be probably viral in some, some instances. But we used to love to watch... Uh, the TV show Cops. And so we decided, you know what? And if you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard about Chris's white Buick. It kind of looked like a cop car. We had plenty of time on our hands. We were spending a lot of time at church. We had plenty of friends who were stupid and bored, and we all wanted to be, and they wanted to just hang out with us. And we were like, hey, do you want to be a perp in a cops episode? And so uh, we started filming. We had a small camera, and we. We would just go out and we would set up these scenarios, you know. It's like, okay, you're going to stand over there and you're going to stand over there and you're going to be doing a drug deal. And, you know, we would be doing all sorts of stuff. And Chris and I would ride around the church parking lot before we would get over to them. And we would be talking about, and if you've never seen the show Cops, what ends up happening is most of the time at the beginning of the episode, they give you a little bit of an introduction to the officer or officers you're going to be following. And, you know, they'll give a little brief backstory. Most of the time, it's it's kind of goofy and fun. It's like, you know, they, they're like, yeah, I was a Marine and... You know, I just wanted to make a difference, and so I became a police officer, and my wife, she, she kind of doesn't like it, but I really enjoy this job, and then they go into, you know, they get a call of some sort, and then they go and, you know, arrest the guy, or whatever ends up happening. Well, we, we filmed these, you know, in a matter of a few weeks, and, uh, you know, we have some of our favorites here, but, oh, Chris, one of the ones I'm thinking of, and you probably remember this one, uh... And we're going to use our friends' names sparingly, just our just their first names here. It's uh, it's with our good friend Chris and our good friend Caleb, and they were kind enough to to go here. And we had told them, we said, "All right, so you're going to be doing a drug deal on on yours. So you're going to be standing there." And it was at night, and so we pulled up there, and of course they both tried to bolt. So I was in charge of dealing with Caleb. And Chris was in charge of dealing with Chris. And so, Chris on Chris violence. You know what I mean? And so, ends up what happens. So, I'm over there tackling Chris. And, or I'm sorry, Caleb. And Chris is over there tackling Chris. And I'm a big guy. Caleb's kind of a small guy. So, I have him handled. Now, poor Chris. Uh, the, the Chris friend that Chris was tackling was giving Chris a hard time. And I'll let Chris tell you about the hard time he was giving him. So, uh, if you've actually been listening for to the podcast for a while, these were the same friends that helped us with the camping trip prank uh, with 
Reginald or whatever that guy's name was. I totally forgot what his name Doug. I don't remember what his name was. But uh, they helped us. And also, if you've been listening to, this was right around the time uh, that we just stopped like going to church and skipping church. If you listen to episode one, it was during the same time we were skipping church to go to Hooters. I digress. Uh, but... We totally had these friends, and so Chris F, we'll call him Chris F to differentiate, uh, Chris F was wrestling with me because we both went to a fine arts school, and Chris F was putting on the theatrics, and I was like, great, he's giving all his all, and so like, I'm like, get on the ground, get on the ground, and so I pretend to handcuff, it, handcuff him, so I'm trying to get him to stand up, and I'm like, stand up, uh, and he's like, I can't. And uh, I'm like, stand up right now. Stop resisting. And he whispers to me and he's like, dude, I really can't get up. And you can see it on the video. And it was just absolutely hilarious. And then our other friend, Aaron, we did a, we did a, we did a cops episode where he like, where he was just being goofy and laughing the whole time. And we said that he was high on pot. Oh, and it was great. And I'll let you jump in here in a minute. But what was great was me and Michael were like the producer slash director slash stars. But the cameraman it always rotated so whoever was not being the perp or the suspect they got their turn at being the cameraman so it was basically everybody got a turn to be the cameraman and everybody got a turn to be the suspect which was great and i will say some were better at being the cameraman than others some cameramen decided they wanted to be a part of the cops episode and if you've ever watched cops the cameraman just films he doesn't say anything he doesn't do anything and we had some cameramen that decided they wanted to assert themselves into the scene. And, you know, we had to have a little talk with them about what the cameraman really meant in this whole thing. But I digress. Um, going back to the one with uh, Chris F. and Caleb there, the, the funniest thing that I remember about that. So it was a drug deal. And this was totally, you know, off script and everything. But, you know, we, we get them in fake handcuffs because we didn't have actual handcuffs. So we just put them their hands behind their back. And, you know, we put them up on the car. And we're, we're like frisking them and, you know, we're doing the normal cop thing, reading them their rights and, you know, whatnot. But Chris F., you know, I'm frisking them. And he, it was funny because we had been in church and that morning they had done this lesson. And I don't even remember what the lesson was about, but they gave everybody a pair of shoelaces in this like little plastic bag. And the shoelaces were white. So he pulls out this little plastic bag that was like white in there. And of course it's dark. And he, like, kind of, like, hands it to me, and you can't really see it on the camera. And so he's, like, handing it to me, and I'm like, oh, 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 what's this? What's this? You know, and, like, there it is. And, I mean, the camera zooms in, and it looks like a baggie of white powder or something, and it just turned out perfect. And he just kind of did that on the fly. And, uh, you know, we, we had so much fun with that. But, yeah, uh, that friend Aaron, the reason we said he was high on pot is because he wasn't just laughing. He was doing the most like hyena crazy laugh you could possibly imagine and uh, it was it was great. Uh, what are, what were some of the other ones? I mean, the guy could not keep a straight face like to save his life. So to save the episode, we just said, you know what? This guy is high on something. <laughs> it was just it was so great, but what the great thing about it was was the intro of this video that we had edited together. It's like it's like our scenes of us running after them, tackling them on the ground, intermixed with actual scenes from cops, like the cops intro, and it's got the bad boy song playing and everything. And Mike and I are wearing, of course, our cowboy hats because we're like Texas Department 
of public safety or Texas Rangers. I don't know what the heck we are, but it, it really does look like we're driving in a Crown Vic. And like whenever we would go and stop the car, I would throw, of course, it had the, uh, the, the column shift up at the top. Some of you kids don't even know what that is. And I would just throw it up real fast so it sounded like I was opening the door. And of course, you know, we would always chase them and our hats would usually fly off. And it, it was just absolutely great. I mean, of course, the ones were, of course, a drug deal and then tackling. And then there was one where Caleb uh, was like behind the bushes and and uh, we were about to tackle him. And so Micah like takes off running and Micah gets there first. And Micah, like, Micah goes around the bushes, like, before the camera gets there. And Caleb just whispered to him. It was like, please don't tackle me hard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that scene where I'm actually tackling him actually made it into the intro, you know, of uh, it's like I took him down. And I was so trying not to tackle him hard because he was a, he, I mean, he was a decent sized guy. But, you know, I was trying not to hurt him. But he just, he just stood there. He's like, please don't hurt me. You know, he's like, please don't tackle me hard. And, um, I mean, there was some other times I remember there was like this abandoned truck that somebody had left in the parking lot. I don't know if it was broken down or what. So we had staged it and there was one episode where we were like, okay, you're going to be breaking into this truck and we're going to catch you, <laughs> you know, and we would always set up these, these crazy elaborate stuff. And I think the best part about it was, you know, we, we knew some police lingo and things, but we did not know any of like the code names or anything else. So we would, we'd be like, yeah, we got a 1019. And it was always like the same code and we would just be using it for like different stuff. We'd be like, we got somebody breaking into a car. We got a 1019 and we would just be like making stuff up on the fly all the time. Yep. So I think we'll have to post those videos to our website, tvtrashcan.com. And y'all will definitely have to take a, take a gander at those uh, for sure. But speaking of cops, we're going to segue into our next segment, which is the jelly donut, which is our jail report. Now, Micah, I've got two stories for the jail report. They're kind of brief and they're kind of short, but I think that you are going to um, appreciate these. They're going to make you laugh uh, very hard. This is one of my favorite segments. I always love hearing about some crazy arrest stories here. You always find different stories. Okay, so um, the ready for the first one? The first one, the headline reads... Chicken chicken wing bandits grab six hundred or sorry sixty five thousand dollars worth of poultry. So uh, some people stole some chicken wings, man. Uh, frozen chicken wings, sixty five thousand dollars worth. Uh, do you want to take a wild guess of where this was at? And no, it's not Florida. It's not Florida. Uh, that's hard. Uh, Virginia. I guess. Uh, no. So it was actually in our old stomping grounds of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So uh, it says two men working for a frozen food distribution center near Atlanta, Georgia, were arrested uh, on January 12th uh, for allegedly making off with $65,000 worth of frozen chicken wings. Okay. Uh, Mr. Patterson and Mr. Jackson are both charged with theft. Now, what happened was the two men were allegedly backed a rental truck to a bay door at the center and proceeded to load 10 pallets of Tyson frozen chicken wings. Okay. 
The suspects made off with the chicken wings, but were seen by management. The managers told police that Mr. Jackson used a forklift to load the wings into the truck while Mr. Patterson was on the lookout. Okay, so the chicken wing bandits did not pull off the heist. They were arrested uh, a couple, like a week or two later by investigators at the Gwinnett County Police Department, and they were released on a $3,000 bond, and they faced felony theft uh, charges. Now, here's the kicker. The police said they still don't know the whereabouts of the estimated 26,000 pounds of wings stolen from the facility. My thing is, that's a lot of wings. What were you going to do with that amount of wings? I guess sell them? But, like, where were they going to keep them? I mean, they have to keep them cold, so that's a, that's a big walk-in freezer you got to have for all them chicken wings. Well, it was right around um, the Super Bowl time, playoffs time, so I'm sure. Well, and at the same time, too, this was when, like, chicken wings were, like, high and there was quote unquote a chicken wing shortage and the prices were like just going up skyrocketing and so these guys decided that they might make some extra money and they were like we're gonna get some chicken wings but they stole sixty five thousand sixty five thousand dollars worth of chicken wings man you know what they say ain't no thing but a chicken wing I'm telling you, man, chicken wing, chicken wing. I can't even believe that many, that much worth of chicken wings was stolen. That's that's nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's that's why I was like, man, like crazy, crazy. But I don't wonder. I wonder if they just like parked the pallets or they just like unloaded the boxes. But they had a van, so I guess they would have just had. To, no, it says he used a forklift, so maybe they just moved the pallets. I'm not too sure. I mean, you know what I wonder? I, you know, they probably already had buyers, you know, probably restaurants all around town. They probably delivered all them chicken wings out. It's probably in somebody's stomach, you know? Yeah, they can't, they, they can't find where the chicken wings are. Okay, are you ready for this next one? Yeah. These go kind of hand to, in hand together. It's uh, involving a pizza, okay? Now, the headline goes, a man ta- punches a Domino's pizza guy for a for forgetting his garlic knots, cops say. Forgetting his garlic knots. And for somebody who has been a delivery driver for a pizza place, I will say people do get crazy over some pizza sometimes. But but what happened here? Okay, so this was in our favorite state, Florida. Um, so according to a police report, a Domino's pizza delivery man forgot to bring 48-year-old, 350-pound Mr. Wheeler the garlic knots along with the pizza that he ordered. So Mr. Wheeler responded exactly the way you would think a 350 pound person would react to not getting his food. By the way, I'm just reading this off the uh, arrest warrant record. I have no way in on this uh, about his weight. Uh, so it says he allegedly punched the Domino's guy in the face. Uh, Wheeler, Mr. Wheeler didn't even wait outside, wait inside his house, but he went and met the driver at his car. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. And so he says that it's not the issue of the garlic nuts. It's the issue that the restaurant owes him money because they didn't, they charged him and they didn't give the man his garlic nuts. So he, he punched the guy in the face. Uh, yeah. So it says that. Uh, Mr. Wheeler immediately punched the dude through a rolled down window as soon as he was told the garlic knots were back at the restaurant and he was arrested for uh, misdemeanor battery. Uh, So it says when questioned by deputies, Mr. Wheeler claimed that the issue was not over for getting the missing garlic knots with the pizza, but rather that the pizza place 
owed him money. You know, I, I can only imagine some of these people, they show up to jail, right? They get arrested. I mean, it's a misdemeanor, right? So they're probably only there overnight or a few days. They make bail to get out. But the thing is, I can only imagine these people are sitting there and it's like, what are you in for? It's like, oh, you know, drug charges, armed robbery, whatever. What are you in for? Oh, I punched this Domino's pizza delivery guy because he didn't give me my garlic knot. It's like, could, could you imagine sitting across from that guy and being like, really? <laughs> you caught a charge over that? Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But most things with like a misdemeanor battery, it's probably just like a book and release or just probably a 24-hour hold. And you probably saw right. A judge in the morning, but I mean, that's pretty funny. The man was mad that he didn't get some garlic knots and he punched the poor delivery driver. I hope he got like some compensation or like taken care of or something for getting assaulted for for that. I tell you this much, whenever I was working at this, and this is just a side note here, when I was working for the pizza delivery place, and uh, I'll just say it was uh, the Mr. Papa John there, and they um they were really really harsh about stuff like you had to you know if you were you had to carry cash on you you know you had to carry cash and whatnot but if you were carrying over fifty dollars and you got robbed you got fired like it wasn't it was one of those things of like you got fired and they would say you were supposed to cash out and you lost the company money goodbye actually a guy got fired for get getting robbed and i thought that was wrong it's like you know, bro, that's a terrible night. You get robbed first and foremost, and then you lose your job when you get back. Like that's that's terrible. I mean, fifty dollars is fifty dollars. So <laughs> to circle back to the I brought intro. That full circle back to the intro. Uh, and uh, I mean, Domino's. I don't know. Do you remember that one time? And this is totally going off the topic, but that's okay. Do you remember that one time we were trying to deliver food to this apartment complex? And we parked, like, right across the, like, it was literally in the same parking lot, and the Domino's was right next to it. And I just parked in the parking spot while you were in and delivered the food. And the the guy came out and told me, he was like, hey, you can't park here. And I was like, oh, I'm about to move. Like, my friend's coming right back. He was like, no, you need to move right now. And I was like, oh, well, we just came to drop off some food. He was like, well, next time you'll know. And I was like, okay, bro, sorry. I took up your parking spot for two minutes. He was like, well, now you know, so don't ever park here again. And I was like, okay, pizza boy, don't you got some pizzas to make? And he got mad at that because I was like, bro, like I took up your parking spot for two seconds. I wasn't even going to stay there for a full five minutes. But anyways, but yeah, that's some interesting stories on the jail report uh, this week. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Hey, chicken wings and pizza, man. I mean, people go crazy over their food, but... I mean, I, I still can't believe over $60,000 worth of chicken wings. That's a lot of chicken wings. It is a lot of chicken wings. Well, the next segment is the donut hole. I know you're saying, you know what? It's Chris's turn to do the donut hole this week. I bet you he's going to give a mo good movie recommendation for me. Maybe Top Gun Maverick. Maybe Jurassic World Dominion. I will say this. I did say, see Jurassic World. It was okay. If you like Jurassic Park, you might love it, but go and check it out for yourself. But I'm not going to do a movie review this week. We're going to change it up, and we're going to play a game. Mike, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So this is uh, a game both Mike and I probably consider ourselves uh, lovers of history, and Mike is a pretty smart guy. Uh, so we're going to be playing uh, the Obscure Presidential Facts game, and I'm going to ask Mike a, a series of questions and give him multiple choice answers, and we're going to see if he can get at least five of these obscure uh, facts right. Do you think that you should like get a prize if you lose? Like you should do something or 
I should get a prize if I lose? Like a bad thing that I have to do? I don't know. Like what would we have to do? I don't know. Eat something nasty or eat something you don't like. What's something you don't like? Pig's feet. Okay. You'll have to eat some pig's feet if, uh, and then we'll have to record it and put it, put it on the, put it on the website. <laughs> All right, Micah, are you ready for presidential facts? Yeah, no pressure or else I'm going to be eating pig's feet, everybody. Go ahead. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. We'll start off with an easy one. This is like general, like, fun facts about presidents. All right. Which president was the shortest president? Is it A, Abe Lincoln, B, Andrew Jackson, C, James Madison, or D, William Taft? Well, I know it's not Lincoln because that dude was tall as mess. I don't think it was Andrew Jackson either. I'm going to go with Taft. Uh, is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Uh, that is not the correct answer. <laughs> it is actually oh, C, man. James Madison. He was five feet four inches, and he only weighed about 100 pounds. So he was kind of a short, skinny guy. Like, I'm a little guy, but I'm at least taller and way more than that guy. So, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. You, got, you, you have some chances to redeem yourself. You have some chances to redeem yourself. All right, this next question. Which president was formerly a cheerleader for Yale? Is it A, Gerald Ford, B, George W. Bush, C, Bill Clinton, or D, Richard Nixon? Oh, it's G, it's G-Dub, baby. It's George W. Bush. I already know that. Is, it, is that your final answer? That's my final answer. You are actually correct. George W. Bush was, was a cheerleader for Yale, uh, and he was also... I guess part owner of the Texas Rangers at one point in time. Did you did you like already know that, or did you just guess? Yeah, no, I watched a documentary about him. Apparently, he got a lot of in a lot of trouble at Yale. He actually uh, spent a few nights in jail after partying a little too much after some Yale football games. He was probably partying with all those cheerleaders. I see you, G Dub. I see probably. you, G Dub. All right, which president had the shortest presidential term? A. John Tyler. B. FDR or Franklin Delano Roosevelt, C. Millard Fillmore, or D. William Henry Harrison. What was the first one again? John Tyler. Oh, man. See, I had an idea of who it would be in my mind, but it, it's none of the options there. It's definitely not FDR. He had the longest term of anybody. Um, oh, man. I don't think it was John. It might have been John Tyler. It's either Tyler or, or Harrison. I'm going to go with Tyler. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer, yeah. Oh, man, you were close. It was actually William Henry Harrison. His presidential presidential term was only 32 days, and I'll tell you why. Guess what? He had the longest inaugural speech, but it was cold and rainy that day, and he refused to wear his overcoat, and he actually caught pneumonia, and he died like a month later, and he was the shortest presidential term. See, I, I knew that. I knew somebody had died like i knew somebody died and had a really short term but i couldn't remember who it was yeah like those middle presidents like like after andrew jackson and between andrew jackson and like abe lincoln it's kind of hard for me to remember but anyways yeah. all right I, I know their names but other than that. all right i think you'll appreciate this next question which president was offered to be drafted by both the detroit lions and the green bay packers was it a gerald ford B, Ronald Reagan, C, George W. Bush, or D, Jimmy Carter? Oh, no, it wasn't Carter or Bush. Gerald Ford, final answer? Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. That is. That is the correct answer. So you got two points, man. Uh, Yeah, he he was actually offered uh, deals by both of them, but he turned it down, and I guess he wanted to go into politics. Huh. I mean, hey, if that's where your heart lies... (laughs) 
I guess. Right? Which president's parrot had to be removed from his funeral because he was cursing too much? A. FDR. B. Filler. B. Millard Fillmore. C. Andrew Jackson or D. Zachary Taylor. Oh, Andrew Jackson or Zachary Taylor because, you know, I'm gonna go Andrew Jackson final answer because I know that guy wasn't wasn't too great. So I, don't, I would imagine his parent wasn't either. You are correct. Yeah, it was rumored that he had told or taught his parent how to cuss, and actually at his funeral that came out, and the parent was just cussing up a storm, and they had to remove it. So that's kind of a Jeez. fun obscure fact. All right, Mike, I think you're gonna really really appreciate this question. Here we go. All right. Which president used his poker winnings to help launch his political career? Was it A, Richard Nixon, B, Harry S. Truman, C, FDR, or D, Herbert Hoover? Ooh. I don't... I'm... I'm it's not Nixon or FDR. I'm thinking it's got to be either Truman or Hoover. I'm going to go with Herbert Hoover because he wasn't... He, he seemed like the gambling type. Final answer. So you are actually incorrect. It is ah. Richard Nixon. It is Richard really? Nixon. Yeah, apparently yeah. in World War II, whenever he was uh, deployed, at, I think they said the Solomon Islands, he was, he gambled a whole bunch. And he was so good at poker that he used his winnings to help launch his political career. So that's, uh, that's a fun little fact for you. All right, we got two more questions for you. you all, you've got three points. You just have to answer these next two correct. No pressure, though. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. All right. Or which pig's feet are coming? Which president used to be a sports pastor? A. George H.W. Bush. B. Dwight Eisenhower. C. Jimmy Carter. Or D. Ronald Reagan. I'm gonna go with Ronald Reagan. Final answer. Is that your final answer? Yeah. All right, that is correct. It is Ronald Reagan. He used to be a sportscaster for baseball games, and apparently one time, uh, the he was like reading the telegraphs or the radio transmission went out to see the game. And he like just was like, oh yeah, another foul ball, another foul ball, another foul ball. Well, he struck out. He just kept stalling. So that was correct. Now you have four points. If you get this last question correct, you won't have to eat pig's feet. All right, so are we ready? Yeah. Which president was a former wrestler? A, Grover Cleveland, B, James Buchanan, C, Abe Lincoln, or D, Rutherford B. Hayes? <laughs> of course, we saved the, the interesting one to the end. Well, read the options one more time. A. Grover Cleveland, B. James Buchanan, C. Abraham Lincoln, or D. Rutherford B. Hayes. It's either Grover Cleveland or Hayes. I kind of want to say Grover Cleveland because that dude had some gnarly handlebars. I'm pretty sure he had the the facial hair, the like the old school wrestler. But I'm going to go against that. I'm going to go Rutherford B. Hayes. Final answer. It is actually neither of those. It is Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. That man was a wrestler. Yeah, it said that he won over like 300 matches. He was also used to be a bartender as well. So that is a little fun fact for you. Uh, and fun fact about Abraham Lincoln, like apparently he had a whole bunch of failures and like he like went bankrupt a whole bunch of times and, you know, like his first wife died and, you know, it was crazy. He had a rough life, but just goes to show you a little perseverance uh, goes through. So I guess you have to eat the pig's feet, man. Hey, that's all right. Um We'll get that filmed, and I guess we'll, we'll put it up on the website, probably on Facebook, too. <laughs> yeah, yep, there we go. But those are some obscure presidential facts. I used to have a presidential facts book and because I, I actually used to want to be president. But I found these, and I thought these would be a fun game to play. So that's our donut hole. Heck, yeah, that was, that was really fun, even though I got to eat pig's feet. But, hey, it, 
it always comes down for me story of my life it always comes down to the very very last question i don't know it always does um but anyways so for our next segment it's what fries my donuts it's this this week's my turn so chris Ask me the question, buddy. Well, Micah, what fries your donuts? Oh, I'll tell you what fries my donuts, and I've been having to deal with this too darn much. It's when people lie for no darn reason. And you know what I'm talking about. It's a societal norm where people will say things. And, okay, let me give you a prime example. Here's a societal norm that happens all the time. You're in somebody's house. They serve you pig's feet. And they ask you how it is. And you're obligated to say, hmm, it's good. You know what I really wish? I wish that we could say, no, it's not good. It's not. It's not my cup of tea. You get this crap out of my face. Now, you don't have to be so rude about it. Now, that's more of a joking tone. But the thing is, what I really don't like is our society, we're so keen on not hurting other people's feelings or... um, And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you should be a total jerk about it, but, you know, I'm going to bring up a specific example. Um, There's somebody in my life, and, you know, I have multiple people in my life that do this all the time, and you'll ask them, you know, and they're not talking to somebody else right now. And I ask them, why aren't you talking to this person? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's because they're so busy. It's because they're so busy. No, (laughs) that's not what it is. You know, and the thing is, you can read between the lines. And most of the time, when people say things like that, you know that it's not true. And you can tell that it's not true. But they're lying to your face. And I, I don't know if it's to not hurt people's feelings or whatnot. But for me, that loses a tremendous amount of not only respect but trust for you because the thing is if you're going to lie about the small stuff you're definitely going to lie about the big stuff and we have so many times where we have these little things like i said you know the dinner example there's so many other little examples where people will ask you questions and we're almost obligated to lie to not hurt their feelings or to to not bring out the truth you don't want the and it's not that a lot of people can't handle the truth you know like the old movie line you can't handle the truth most people can and i don't know me personally i would be a lot more i it gains a lot more respect and a lot more like maybe i won't be happy but at least i trust that you're telling me the truth the next time something comes up you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so let me ask you a question because there are some people that they are a little bit more sensitive to handling the truth. How do you feel it's called a compliment sandwich where you like give a compliment, then you tell them the truth about like what needs to be said and then you give them another compliment at the end. How do you feel about that because some people are a little bit more sensitive and they're going to like they're going to yes, it's the truth, but they're going to like be more sensitive how do you deal with somebody that can't receive the truth though too there's ways to do it okay so the compliment sandwich to answer your first question if it's done properly i have no problem with it listen some people need that right but and what i mean by done properly don't make it cheesy man i've had the compliment sandwich done to me before where it's like listen you're doing a great job but it's like an arbitrary open-ended thing and then they say but 
in this other aspect, you really suck. But we really like you as a person, and it's a very open-ended thing, but the negative portion is very specific. Well, for me personally, I kind of perceive that as, okay, you're kind of BSing me, right? Because you don't really mean the first thing, and you don't really mean the last thing, because you didn't name anything specific. Now, if you have the compliment sandwich, and you're like, listen... And I'm just going to take work for an example, right? It's like you always get your work done on time. You're always very timely or, uh, you know, talk about work first, right? Like you always get your work done on time and we really appreciate that. Now, something you really need to work on is the quality of work. Like sometimes it's a little lacking and really we need you to step it up. But we really appreciate that you show up on time and you're very dedicated to what you do. Those are all very specific things, and so you say, okay, they like what I'm doing in some aspects, but in the middle, you know, the quality, and most of the time these people already know, okay, my quality is not that great, but you've named out those specific things. If you leave it those arbitrary open-ended things, it's not good. Personally, there are people out there that can't handle that. And I understand that I've actually had an instance at work, and we've talked about my work sometimes on here, and I'm a, I'm a manager. Um, I do have a boss that's over me and a boss that's over the team that I lead, but I am a manager of the team. Um, and something that really bothers me, and this is part of what fries my donuts here, is she's very she wants to be friends with everybody. She doesn't want to take those leadership qualities. And sometimes when you're a boss, you have to have hard conversations. There are, there are ways, and unfortunately on my staff right now, we have a few bad eggs that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And But the problem is, we'll get into these team meetings, and what really needs to be said is, guys, pick it up. We need to be doing better. And what ends up happening is, she says, oh, well, you guys are doing such a great job, and I think that you guys are fantastic, and I think that everything is going well, but I, I really just think that sometimes, you know, I, I, I think that it just, and she's very wishy-washy. I think that, and it's usually like, I think, I feel, it's nothing very solid, right? And a lot of times when you're having to lead in any situation, or you're with a friend or whatever, Again, I guess it's that open-ended, just arbitrary, you know. I actually had to get on there, and I said, listen, we are a team. And some of you are not acting like a team. And I love each and every one of you, and I love being a part of this team. But the thing is, some of you are not picking up the slack that you're supposed to, which means I'm having to work more, your colleagues are having to work more, and that is not fair. You all need to be a team. Pick it up. And if you don't pick it up, hey, there are consequences for your actions. But if you do pick it up, fantastic. But I love being a part of this team. I really do. So let's just make it a team effort. I feel like if you say it like that, you don't have to be a jerk about it and be like, you guys freaking suck. You guys are terrible. And I want to fire each and every one of you, even though I feel that way sometimes. But I feel like for those people that have a hard time accepting the hard truths like that, if you come at it in a way that says, unfortunately, this is a business and we have to go about it a certain way. Or, you know, unfortunately, I have to live my life a certain way. It's not fun. I don't like having to do this. I love you for a person. I want to make this work, but sometimes it's not going to. And we're going that direction where it's just not going to. So either it's going to go this direction or that direction. I'm just letting you know. 
I feel like that's a good way to where they understand, hey, it's not good, but at the same time, on the other end, they can improve or not, and they make the decision for you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get that. And then, too, there's also a level of people that are just being too sensitive, and they, that's just something that you kind of got to work on and, you know, get a tougher skin. But that's a good what fries my donuts. Uh, right. We are going to move into our improv segment. Are you ready for it? Yeah. I sure am. It's our mystery donut, and we've decided since our 30th episode, we're going to bring the old guys back to the coffee shop. So we have not rehearsed this. We just decided, you know what? We're going to do the old guys at the coffee shop. There might be some old characters. There might be some new characters. So we're just going to we're just gonna go and see how, see how it goes. We're just going to try it out. So are you ready for the old guys at the coffee shop? You bet. And just for a little preface, I've... Uh, Spent a few weeks down south, so I've I've heard this firsthand, so I'm more than ready for this. All right, here we go. Uh, you want to start, or you want me to start? Yeah. All right, so you know what ended up happening? I'll tell you what. They said they were going to deliver my windows by Tuesday down there at the Window World off 49. You know what they ended up telling me? They said my windows wasn't in, even though I paid next $200. You think they gave me that $200 back? No. Hey, 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 I tell you what you do over there, Johnny. You go down to that window where you say, I want to see the manager. You go down there, you bust his balls a little bit. Rough him up a little bit. Shake him down. Say, you know what? If I don't get my window in two weeks, in two weeks, I've been waiting for you here. It's been two weeks. If I don't get it in the next 24 hours, you're going to get a little visit from my friend Frank Barone here. You know what I say? Back in my day. I used to run a bunch of hotel chains. When I didn't pay them money, I would take this vice. Now, I ain't gonna tell you where I put it, but I'd take this vice. Before you know it, they'd give me their money. I think you should do the same thing. You should tell that window company, this is what's gonna happen to you. That fear, they'll be having your windows in by Monday. Guaranteed. Oh my goodness, this is so, so very disturbing. Oh my goodness. Hans here, he does not understand. He comes from Germany. This is almost as bad as Warsaw was talking about shaking down people and shaking them up. What is going on in this world? Hey, Hans, sometimes when you have problems, you gotta just go over there and handle it. You know what I'm saying? You know, they call me back in the bar. They call me a Thorn Loco because I'm crazy. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. So sometimes you just gotta show them the horns. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Felipe, man. Speaking now that you're here, Hold on, I got to dip for a minute. Is your wife Maria back there making some tortillas? I'd like me a good huevo rancheros. You know what I mean? That sounds pretty good right here. Man, that's a white people food. We don't have that back there. Well, you want a taco salad next? Hey, yo, any of y'all seen George over there? Maybe he smoked himself to death, but I don't see him. I said, you know what, George? You're going to meet he me here at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. And it's 2 o'clock. Where's George? I kid you not, I kid you not, told them to meet me here at 2 o'clock and I don't see George. I'll tell you why he's not here. Last time I talked to him, he told me that he was having a big old problem down there at the tire shop he run. You know that one down there on Highway 26? The one where the water pipe busted and got all over his stuff? And then next thing you know, you got Juan over here having to go pump all that stuff out of there. It, it, he got some good business, but you remember when that happened to the tire shop? That was no good, man. But he was down there, and he was telling me that business ain't too good. He can't even afford a cup of coffee. I tell you, I say, come on down. Come back down here and get yourself some coffee. And But the thing is, he be, he be smoking himself to death. He be coughing left and right. 
but apparently them packs of smoke's been going up, that inflation, and I ain't gonna tell you why the inflation happened, you already know it. You already know it. I'll start from up top, you know what I'm saying? I ain't talking about this tire, this tire, that tire shop, this. I was talking about tires, I was talking about rubber. I rubber this, rubber that. Well, you love rubber so much, but you forgot about it when you ever had six kids. Didn't put on no rubber, got put on raincoat. How many times I done tell you? It's seven kids, and no, I don't believe in that kind of rubber, just a three-quarter inch tire down at the shop. I don't believe in no, what, what you might call it, what, it was a prophylactic, is that what you call it? I don't believe in none of that. Well, Jim, last time I checked, you had nine kids, but we ain't gonna tell Nancy about them other two. No, th that happened in the neighboring town. All I'm saying is it said in the Bible, be fruitful and multiply. I'm just doing the Lord's will. That's all I'm trying to do. Hey, yo, over here. We go through this every time. Everybody wants to start making a mumbo jumbo over here. And then when the check comes, you know what? Guess what? I'm stuck with it. Arnie was stuck with it last time, and now I'm stuck with it. So who's going to pick up this freaking check here? Because it sure is not going to be me. You know, it's not going to be me and Juanita because I own the place. I'm not going to be paying my own tab. Well, that was our uh, improv mystery donut. I hope you guys enjoyed the coffee shop. I'm sad that uh, the smoker guy didn't come back this time but hey hey he can't afford it due to inflation uh he might be on the he might be on the next coffee shop yep well we are going to wrap up this donut box podcast with our last segment which is our eclair which is our positive advice so micah i think it's your turn to go first this week so take it away all right and you know i probably said this like eight or nine episodes but i'm gonna repeat it so bear with me here Life is all about hills and valleys, and, you know, I tell you, I'm going to be a little transparent about my own life, and, um, you know, I've been going through a little bit of a valley lately, and, and I say it's a little bit of a valley, I'm being a little too modest about it. The thing is, it's it's quite a big valley. I've actually never been nearly as stressed in my entire life, and it's been quite the hard thing to go through, but you know what? We have so much to be thankful for in life, and... I have to hold on to those things during these times. And I don't know if there's somebody out there that's going through a low point in theirs. Maybe it's the lowest point you've ever seen. But, you know, the thing is we have to hold on to what we have. And what I have is I have a, a great family. I've got a great friend in Chris. I've got a wonderful fiancé who supports me no matter what. And, you know, you have to hold on to those things because you will make it out of those valleys. And those people in your circle who is around you will be those people who are celebrating with you when you are on the highest mountain that you've ever been. And the view is that much better. And you will look back at those times and you'll see how it built to where you were equipped to climb the mountain. And so the thing is, I don't know who that's for. I could just be talking to myself on that one. But, hey... Um, the I, I'm a firm believer in the deeper the valley, the higher the mountain. So we're going we're gonna to be doing real good here soon, and we're just going to hold on to the good things in life and stop and smell the roses. And the thing is, it'll make the view that much sweeter in the end. Yeah, and that's, that's great, man. Like we tell you all before, we don't ever share with each other our, our eclair. So that mine is basically kind of the same lines, but it's to embrace the detours in life because – so often in life, we never get from point A to point B to point C to point D. Sometimes we jump from A to F to H to Z. And maybe I've said this before, but detail, detours are so important in our life because 
you know what? There are people that you meet in those detours that you probably would have never met, or maybe someone can come and help you in those detours, or you learn lessons that you never would have learned. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to tell a quick story real quick. And this is not to brag on myself or anything, but when I was down there visiting Micah, uh, we were having a great time and, uh, I got a nail in my tire and I was like, man, like this is a detour. Like this is something that I didn't expect. Like, I don't want to have to go to the tire shop, but we went to the tire shop. Uh, funny enough that we mentioned the tire shop, um, anyways, but we went to the tire shop and, uh, the guy like fixed my tire real quick, just put a plug in it. And I don't know, I'm, I'm normally not this way a lot, but, uh, I just heard God say, you know what, you need to ask him if he needs prayer. And he said, you know, I asked him and he said he needed prayer for a lot of things. And so had I not had that nail in that tire and had I not listened to those detours, I could have missed an opportunity to help someone. And that's not bragging on me or, or whatever, but in those detours, think about the lessons that you have and think about the people that are coming to help you. So mine is to embrace the detours because guess what? Eventually we get to where you're going, but those detour detours help you a lot. And I'm going to piggyback off of that for just one more second here. I actually had something that happened just this week that I was looking forward to, a trip of a lifetime that I really wanted to take on. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. It didn't, it didn't happen. And man, I was down in the dumps and I was very, very upset about it. And, you know, I firmly believe that this detour, there's a reason for it. You never know what was going to happen on that trip. You know, you never know what was going to happen, what was going to go on. And so it's all about realizing that sometimes these detours are for the better. And just like in Chris's scenario, there is a reason and a purpose for those detours and why it's happening. And so um, we just we just got to trust, trust them on it that that the detour is is right and everything but i just wanted to add that to your point man yep yep for sure yeah y'all don't get us fired up because we'll start preaching on you and, uh, but yeah y'all have been great for us for almost an hour and so thank you for holding on with us man we are blowing upward getting bigger and bigger every every day every week and so we're so thankful for you guys and check us out at tvtrashcan.com look for those cops uh videos and possibly the videos of micah eating pig's feet those will be to come so tvtrashcan.com hey tell everybody tell your mom tell your dad tell everybody because we, we we streaming and everybody out here but i'm going to sign off i'm chris and i'm micah and this is the donut box. Don't blah blah blah. Let me stop and repeat that. This is the donut box podcast. Thank you. Get it out. Get it out your mouth there, and you'll see. Uh, you'll see me eating that pig's feet. I promise. I ain't gonna default on my promises here. All right, y'all have a good week. See y'all. <laughs>